People are stupid. Live to tape. Welcome to Millennial 416. I'm Andrew. I'm Elisa. I'm Laura. And we have a new host joining us this week. That's what I should have said before we started recording. Pam, intro yourself like oh. you're a normal host now. Okay, Sorry. cool. Well, last time you told me to wait, so I waited. I know, well, but now you're full time, so it's like, you know, you just... And I just, just got to hop in, in right after Laura. Yeah. And I'm Pamela. Beautiful. Yeah, our fault. Welcome to the show, Pam. This is Pam's first episode as a weekly host. It's nice to have you here. It's nice to be back. Yes, yes, yes. As uh, we've said previously, Pam's a longtime friend of the show. We've known her for, I think, like literally a decade now. Mm -hmm. And uh, she was our first choice for coming in, joining the crew. So we're happy to have you. And uh, it's going to be fun. I'm excited. It's going to be great. Our California. I just have to say, thank God. Thank God for you, Pam. (laughs) Show's going to (laughs) survive. We did. We did look hard. We were thinking hard. We were like, "Who should we bring on?" And and it was just Pam seemed to stand out. I mean, there were other suggestions, and I was like, "What?" But we don't even really know them. <laughs> so Pam just ticked all the boxes. So, so perfect. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad I, I could be here for both of you. <laughs> for all three of you, Elisa might be gone, but she'll be here in spirit. She will be. I'm trusting you to embody that spirit, Pam. I need you to oh rail against like plastics. Lisa, your and... shoes are like the size of California, and I'm gonna have to figure out how to. I don't fit think them. so. You'll be just <laughs> fine. I didn't understand that at first. At first, I thought you were literally talking about her shoe size, and I was like, "Wait, really?" I don't. <laughs> that was having fucking the... rude. That was rude. <laughs> So to uh, send Elisa off today, we are going to play a game. Who knows Elisa better? I thought, let's ask Elisa's boyfriend and Laura some questions about Elisa. See who knows her better. So we got their answers, and we'll hear Elisa's answers, and that'll be fun. That's coming up. Uh, Laura, you told us you were going on a cruise last week. How'd that go? Oh, my God. It was so fucking cool. Um, As I mentioned, it was a punk rock cruise. So it wasn't like a typical like bougie going to like the Caribbean or whatever cruise. There were tons of awesome bands on board and you just got to spend the entire time gravitating between the bar and the concerts and then the bar again. Then you got to hop in the pool mosh pit, which was so much fun. Um, I have a lot of unidentified bruises from the pool moshing, but it was totally (laughs) worth it. Um, I dragged Mark in to do that and he was his, his exact words when we emerged from that were fucking white people. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, it's true, but it was still fun. Uh, So yeah, 10 out of 10. I saw you go again. I saw your mom was there too. I didn't realize that. And then I saw a picture. I was like, oh, that's cool. Oh yeah. My family was there. Oh, like your dad was too? Yeah. My brother. Oh shit. That's cool. Well, now why did they go? Are they also into punk rock? Yes, they are. Wow. Mm-hmm. I've still yet to go on a cruise. I really want to go to one on one. You know, it's not normally something that appeals to me, but this kind of specialized cruise that specifically looks into a particular interest 
is really cool. Yeah. So Andrew, you could go on a cruise that's like about figuring out how to stuff inanimate objects up your butt in order to thieve them like lightsabers. I thought you were going to say like Bruce Springsteen, but okay, sure. Something. I mean, sure. Like a Springsteen cruise. (laughs) That would probably be fun. Yeah, maybe. Um, I no cruise for me this week though. I was busy becoming an uncle, which uh was very fun for the whole family. Oh, congratulations! Yeah, yeah. Uh, little Trey was born funnily enough on the day I flew in. Becca was actually due last week, but he just decided to come late. And uh, I flew in on the day he was born, and it's pretty surreal. It's I I haven't been around a baby, especially one that young, <laughs> hours old, uh, for a long time, and uh, it's just it's really you know it's a very special moment for the family, and my my parents couldn't be more thrilled. They've been spending tons of time already uh, with Becca and Randy as they you know get Trey up and running, but um, it's it's really cool. It's just really it it actually has made me want a baby. <laughs> What? Yeah. Really? <laughs> Maybe you act- should borrow the baby for like 24 hours and see how you feel after that. <laughs> well, my boyfriend actually really wants one too. So I'm pleased to announce we're adopting. No. But <laughs> it actually does scare me because, the, because my sister bought a house at the end of 2016. And that got my gears going. Uh, in terms of buying a house and I'm kind of feeling like I'm having that same feeling again where she's inspiring me to make a big life choice I'm not gonna do it at uh, and the reason is and this is so depressing I I would totally have a baby if it weren't for how damn expensive it is that's yeah, it absolutely that's like a, aren't there estimates out there I think like having a child probably costs you like two hundred fifty thousand dollars while they're growing up like Holy oh, it's fuck. way more than oh, that. Oh, I think it's more like a million. Oh. Yeah, I've heard a million dollars between the time they're born and reach age 18. Oh and that God. doesn't even include sending them off to college. Right, right. Man, yeah, so that's the... And and I was kind of getting sad one night. I was laying in bed thinking about it. I was just like, man, I'd love to have a baby, but it's just so pricey. But then I was like, well, I guess that's good I'm thinking that. Because meanwhile, other people are just like, oh, fuck it. Let's just have a baby without thinking about the yeah. costs involved. So I don't know. I'm not going to, but I want one. I have heard it said, Andrew, that if you wait until you're financially able to have a baby, you'll never have one. Oh, really? Because what? Yeah. By then I'm like uh, 60. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's the thing is a lot of most people, I think, don't feel financially prepared to have a child. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, that's that's been nice becoming an uncle, and I'm looking forward to uh, spending a fraction of a million dollars on that kid. <laughs> um, but actually, speaking of children, I saw the cursed child last night <laughs> with uh, Micah and Eric from MuggleCast, and as as luck would have it, I'm seeing it again on Saturday <laughs> because what? because I. We bought these Cursed Child tickets with Micah and Eric months ago, like when they went on sale, because we wanted to see it together, doing the podcast together. But then a few weeks ago, I get an invite on behalf of Hypable, and it's the same week that we have our own tickets. And I'm like, oh, fuck. And I didn't want to tell Micah and Eric, no, I'm not going to go. They would have been fucking pissed at me. So, (laughs) so, so my boyfriend flew out here and now I'm taking him to see it. 
And that's going to, it's actually is a really good show. And I know you guys don't like the story, but seeing the magic on stage is just really phenomenal. And there are so many, oh my God, how did they do that moments that it's, it's, it's worth seeing it. I heard the so. theater is really nice too. Like they really yeah. pulled out all the stops with like the inside and the decorations and things like that. Yeah, they redid the whole thing. And it's not like obnoxious Harry Potter, but it's like very classy theater Harry Potter, like the Hogwarts, just like there's an H in the carpet, um, like in a pattern. And um, there's books scattered throughout like the refreshments area. And it, it kind of looks like a castle. It's 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 pretty cool. But um, See, yeah, that, that'll be a test in patience. <laughs> Seeing it twice in a week. The Cursed Child to me is just like having a kid. I would do it if it didn't cost so much. Yeah, it's a big like, commitment. It's five hours. <laughs> right. Well, and, and seriously, I've, I've actually looked at ticket prices thinking, you know, like if I can get a ticket for like, you know, under a hundred bucks, like I'll check it out. Just, you know, support the fandom. But you can't really. I mean, at least I didn't see any. They're all outrageously pricey. I'm just not doing it. When they go on sale, you can actually get them for dirt cheap. It's actually $20 per part, meaning $40 total. But yeah, if you went on StubHub or something right now, I'm sure the prices are absurd. Funnily enough, Eric made us buy tickets that were $200 per part. What? And he didn't even ask us. He just bought them because he was like doing it in a rush to get the tickets, you know, before the time ran out. And we were going with other people who wanted to get the best seats possible. So he texts us after. He's like, okay, guys, so uh, send me $450, each of you. And we thought it was a joke. We're like, what the fuck? Are you kidding me? Um, oh, my God. Yeah. And it, it was so expensive. I mean, we ended up putting it on MuggleCast, but. It, it it made for a good story on on the show, so at least there was that. But my God, I still haven't forgiven him for that. Damn, yeah. sounds like Eric needs to come on the show and talk about how to budget as a millennial. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it sounds like he's not very good at it. No, no, I don't. Th- I don't think so. I mean, the seats were good, so at least there was that. But yeah, that was a lot. Anyway, um, how about Avengers: Infinity War? That that comes out this weekend. Are you guys planning on seeing it? Yes, we have tickets for tomorrow night. Me too. I'm stoked. Who do y'all think is going to die? Because people Captain are definitely going to die. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Definitely the cap. I don't I think it's time. I, I, God, I don't, I'm really, really not excited about this movie. I Why? Tr- I try so hard, but because it, it, I, it's going to be cheesy it's gonna be bad and and it's not because the avengers movies are bad there's been a lot of really great ones it's because when you whenever they bring multiple ones together like this you have so many of them on screen at the same time that there's there's less story and intrigue and compelling scenes and dynamics and more just quips and you get like one character making like a funny sarcastic remark, like, oh my God, that's so something Iron Man would say. And then like <laughs> moving on to the next one, oh my God, that is so typical, like Captain America. And that's what the whole movie becomes. It's just like a circle jerk of how like unique and like weird like, each individual one is. And the story gets lost. So the great visuals, casting's great, everything else always sucks. And so I'm, 
really bummed about it. Mm. I don't think that's true, though. Look at Civil War. Civil War brought a whole bunch of those characters together, and it was a really good movie, and it had a really compelling story. But it was also like, it should have had more Cap. That That's my problem with Civil War, is that it was a Captain America installment, mm-hmm. and he like barely had any screen time. He had to like share most of it with Tony, and Tony arguably got more. So... It shouldn't have been, like, as ensemble as it was. I don't know about Age of Ultron, though. The reviews seem pretty good, like, across the board on Twitter, though, so. Yeah, but people do say it is a bit of a mess because of all those characters. I I agree with Elisa, but I think you you go into this knowing it's kind of going to be a mess because there are so many characters. It just seems impossible to balance them all. I mean, listen, it's going to be good for what it is. Like, it'll be an entertaining two hours or whatever. And I also do know that it's only, like, the first part to this story. So mm. you shouldn't go into it expecting there to be a perfect arc because that's not it's not designed to be that way. I get that. Um, so, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm going to I'm seeing it. I just I'm preemptively bummed. I think I'm just trying to manage expectations because there's been so many great ones lately. And I know this one's just, I mean, it's just, it's just not, it'll be, it'll be okay. It'll be worth seeing. And then I'll never watch it again. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Like truly that's what it's going to be. Like, it's like, oh, great. Cool experience. And literally never in my life will I watch it again. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sometimes I see like civil war and Ultron on Netflix and I'm like, hmm, should I watch? Nah. No, <laughs> no. But you know, I know what I will watch a million times. Black Panther. Oh, yeah. Iron Man. Like those were great movies. This is this is not going to be that. Yeah. I will say I'm uh, because the stakes are so high in this movie, presumably multiple heroes are going to die. I'm really looking forward to being in a theater and experiencing those surprises oh. for the first time. It reminds me of just a couple of years ago watching Han die in The Force Awakens. Like that That's was true. a very mm-hmm. cool theatrical moment. That's true. So that's that. And by the way, I just wanted to mention, um, have you are you guys gonna play God of War? This is the new PlayStation 4 game that everybody's raving about. Yeah, I know. I actually just I checked it. this out with my oh, brother. Really? Oh yeah. yeah. We like only like I was there for like 30 minutes, and it is kind of like intriguing to me because there's a lot of like mythology around it, but also like I'm not a video game person, so this would be like completely lost on me. But he's like been playing for the past few days and he's obsessed with it. Okay. Yeah. yeah the, the reviews are really good, and I recently got into PlayStation Four, so I'm I'm very curious about checking it out. I know one of our listeners, Cameron, he messaged me and recommended it because he knew I was starting to play PS4 recently. Um, but n- not you or Laura, Lisa, neither of you, because you both play PS4. So I'm actually I'm not playing it, but um, my boyfriend's roommate is playing it, and we've all been kind of sitting together and watching while he plays through it. Mm. And I was kind of picking their brains about it last night because I really don't know much about this particular series. And what they both indicated to me is that what makes this game so impressive is that they took the previous God of War games, which were very straightforward, like button mashing fighting games that didn't require a ton of skill, and they basically grew it up. Uh. So it was really popular with all of us, you know, around the time that we were really young and maybe like younger gamers getting into it and the game didn't require a whole ton of strategy and now it requires a lot more Mm. so people who were fans of the originals really appreciate the fact that they have taken it and making it more complex and i will say it's also gorgeous 
Yeah, the graphics look amazing. I haven't. So this has been a debate in my household is that we actually do not have a PS4. We have, you know, my boyfriend's like PC master race gamer. Uh, We have an Xbox, a Switch and everything else and PS3, but not a PS4. And now he's... I know. Well, he's dying to get it just for this game, I think. Um, So we'll see. I'm sure I'm sure our willpower will break down, but it's not like they're cheap things. And like we just bought the switch and, you know, they're I don't know. But now that now that this game is getting such incredible reviews, it's all he's talking about. So I'm sure that will happen. Yeah. Cool, also, cool. I I have to admit I have incentive to get a PS4 because if I do, Laura, don't you play Overwatch on PS4? I do. So that would be really awesome. We could play that together. Mhm. Yeah, and I mean I I play a lot of things on PS4. Oh. Plus I could just randomly stalk you while you're playing things yeah. and send you dirty messages. Mm. I kind of stalk Laura and Mark. I check in. Those are the only two friends I have on PS4. And like, I'll go any 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 night that I go in, I see them that the, I see that they're logged in currently too. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Mark checks on you too, and he'll like remarkably like, "Whoa, Andrew's playing Grand Theft Auto." <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. I've really been playing that Horizon Zero Dawn game. That game is just fucking amazing. Like, oh my god, ten out of ten would recommend. Before we move on, just a quick word from one of our sponsors, FabFitFun. If you're looking for the perfect Mother's Day gift for the woman who squeezed you into this world, FabFitFun is a subscription box that is basically 12 gifts for the price of one. You'll be getting her a variety of health, beauty, fitness, lifestyle, and home goodies valued at over $200 for only $49.99. I was really excited to get my box. The really cool thing about it is you get full-size products. No lame sample sizes that run out after a couple of uses. In my box, I got a preloaded lavender-scented body scrubber, two nude tart lip paints, Briogeo hair repair mask, a Kate Somerville exfoliant, a great beach tote, a freezable sleeping mask, and my favorite, a coffee mug that says, I'd rather be sleeping. The FabFitFun box is a fantastic value. Many of the product's individual values are more than the entire cost of the box itself. And if you haven't signed up yet, it's not too late to get $10 off the editor's box by going to FabFitFun.com to subscribe using our code MILLENNIAL. Try FabFitFun today. Go to FabFitFun.com to subscribe and start getting the box for a life well lived. Use promo code MILLENNIAL to get $10 off your first box. That's just $39.99 for products valued over $200. Again, go to FabFitFun.com, that's F-A-B-F-I-T-F-U-N.com, and use my code MILLENNIAL to get $10 off your first FabFitFun box. It's time now to play Who Knows Elisa Better. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome to Who Knows Elisa Better. I'm your host, Andrew. I'm here with my lovely assistant, Pam. Hello, Pam. How are you today? I'm doing great. (laughs) I didn't prep you at all, but, you know, you'll just be here. All right. I'll be over here doing Vanna White um, hand signals that nobody can see, but it's happening. Don't worry. Beautiful. Thank you. Uh, so with Elisa going sailing away, <laughs> sailing away after today's episode, I don't know something dramatic. 
Uh, we want to see who knows her better. Is it her best friend forever, Laura, or is it her boyfriend, hopefully forever, Brian? <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, Brian isn't able to make it tonight because he's got a work thing going on. Uh, but he submitted the answers to his questions in advance, as did Laura, as did Elisa. So there's no cheating going on here. So let's... I'm so nervous. Yeah. I know, me too. I'm afraid of what this is going to say about our friendship. Who do you think, I mean, I hate to cause drama already, but who do you think is going to know you better, Elisa? Oh, honestly, I don't know. I was debating this with with Brian last night. Um, <laughs> and, and he's he's also very nervous, by the way. He's like, I feel like if I don't know you better, we have to break up. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I honestly I think it's going to be a very close call. I think that some of just because of the kinds of questions that you asked, Andrew, I might say Brian, because, you know, for example, we've gone to like Zeppelin shows together. And so he has a better idea of that. But I don't know. I I, I think it'll be really, really neck and neck. OK. <laughs> yeah, I will say when I got these questions, I was like, these are very biased towards somebody who lives with her every day. But, See, you know, you know, when I was making these up, I was trying to think about that. I was considering that. But then again, you two really do seem to know each other. Well, there's been so many so many examples of that over the years. I just thought maybe you would know some of these. So and I think that's true. But, you know, Laura, how do I describe our relationship? It'll be more like you know, if I'm constipated, I'll, I'll text her for advice. Like, totally. I, I don't know how to get this poop out of my butt. <laughs> um, but if I'm going to like get wine drunk and listen to Led Zeppelin all night, I call my boyfriend. Like they're very, they yeah. both know me, but like they're very different ways of knowing. <laughs> <laughs> I see. All right. Now that- she basically texts me only when she has butt problems. <laughs> ah, should have added more butt questions in here, I guess. How many times has Elisa had something stuck in her butt in the past 10 days? All right. So the first question we asked Elisa was, what is her favorite place that she has traveled? Laura, what do you believe that is? I said Ireland or Italy. Okay. Not sure. Brian said Oxford. Elisa, what is your answer? (laughs) I don't like this game anymore. <laughs> I feel so bad. I got uh it, my answer was Oxford. Yeah. Uh, okay. Laura, but you're to wrong. Be, to be fair, <laughs> to be fair to Laura, Italy and Ireland are, are the two places that I traveled to while I was living in Oxford. Mm. And they were part of the reason that I loved Oxford so much. So she's like half right. Okay. Well, I'm not yeah. giving her a half point. Okay. That's okay. <laughs> I don't need your pity points. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> this is a question that only Brian would know, probably. How does she like her coffee? Brian answered, she would normally choose a Coke Zero over coffee, but if coffee must be had, had either a Java chip frap from Starbucks or an iced hazelnut swirl coffee from Dunkin' Donuts. He's oh got, my god he's got your faves down <laughs> laura what did you answer i answered she doesn't drink it starbucks drinks contain very little actual caffeine and thus do not count <laughs> <laughs> i think the 
are both right. They are. Yeah, Elisa, what was your answer? My answer was, I don't. I'm not someone who really enjoys coffee. I'm not someone who really enjoys coffee. I don't drink it in the mornings. But if I am in the mood, I usually am craving a fancy iced coffee, usually a iced hazelnut swirl from Dunkin' Donuts. (laughs) All right. I'll I'll give Laura the point there. I guess Brian should get a point. Yeah, I think so. I think we both, we were right, right in different ways. Yeah, yeah. Next question. How many children does she want to have? Laura, what did you say? I said two to three. Okay. Uh, Brian said either zero or two. Zero would mean lots of travel opportunities without the worry of kids. Two, because if there are kids, she would prefer a sibling dynamic over an only child. Final answer, two. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Annie Lisa? I said zero children, 10 million dogs, but not really. I, I I said I'm really unsure about having kids at all, but if I did, I would want to. All right. So I think you Boom. both got that one. Yeah. Man, that bell rings for really long unless I hit fade out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. This is very tailored to Elisa specifically. What is Elisa's favorite room in Chickahominy, her haunted house that her family owns? Oh, uh, this could go so many ways. See, this is the thing. I don't feel like you've ever expressed that you have a favorite room in that house. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, um, Brian said her favorite room to stay in is the yellow room. Laura, what did you say? I said the girls' room with a question mark. And what color is that one? (laughs) I forget. I think it's pink. It is pink. Not yellow. And then Elisa, what did you say? I said my answer was the yellow room. Yeah, that's nice. It's the only one that's safe. To be fair, when I first got these questions from you, uh, Andrew, I knew immediately that this was rigged in Brian's favor because we had just (laughs) two days ago had a conversation about my favorite rooms in Chickahominy. Oh, that's crazy. I mean, obviously, I didn't ask him for these questions. No, I know you didn't. It's such a weird coincidence that you would even think to ask that Hmm. question right after we had that conversation. And why is it the only one that's safe? It's the only room in the house where nothing creepy has ever happened ever. And it's really, it's bright. I mean, like the walls are like a faint green. It's just airy and light and it's right on the water. So the sunshine is always coming in. It's like a really happy room. Okay. Now that you're describing it, I think I, I think I remember that room. Yeah. It's a nice, it's really nice to stay in that room. Hmm. Next question. What keeps Elisa at wake at night? What do you say? Laura? I said, I said Reddit. Mm. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> That's a good one. Brian said me. Brian. <laughs> also good Oh my one. God. <laughs> what keeps you awake at night, Elisa? There's so many ways I could answer this. Both Laura and Brian are right, but I answered factory farming. Um, oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I bet I thought the question was like, what kinds of things like really weigh on you? That's what I thought. That's what I was thinking as well when I wrote it. And, yeah, I was thinking like, what kind of things like really weigh heavily on your heart? <laughs> and the first thing I thought was factory farming, mm. plastics pollution, Nestle. But Laura's right. I stay up browsing Reddit until like 3 a.m. 
always. Is Brian also right? Does he keep you awake at night? Because I guess that's a sex joke. Yeah, I think that was a sex joke, but also a literal joke because sometimes <laughs> he can't stop playing video games and his tap tapping uh. keeps me up. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> I know that struggle. Yeah. Well, I don't know if anyone gets a point that time. If we're going by the hard rules yeah, that's here. Yeah, yeah, that's now. All right, next question. Favorite film. Laura, what is it? I said Fellowship of the Ring. Okay. Uh, Brian said A Few Good Men. Oh. Laura's more right. Yeah. My, Boom. Uh, I said Lord of the Rings, the whole trilogy, but if I had to choose just one, Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah. And um, I think you should get that point, or Laura should get yeah. that point, because you, you wrote it in all caps, too, so I think you were super serious about it. <laughs> oh, no, that's that's a that's that's a definite yes. I can't believe, I mean, A Few Good Men is a good answer. I did say that was actually my runner-up, but, like, why would Brian, of all people, not think Lord of the Rings? Yeah, that's weird. What the fuck? He fucked up. <laughs> I mean, doesn't he sit around and watch you put on your cloak and plunk down in front of the extended edition? Yeah, he does. <laughs> I don't get it, man. You you uh, outsmarted him there. I mean, to be fair, I almost said Tropic Thunder. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Took a whole lot of time. Next question. Elisa, you can answer first. What is your favorite founder after Thomas Jefferson? We know he is your all-time fave. Who's the runner-up? Easy. James Madison. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> Laura clearly got that one right. <laughs> Father of the Constitution, bitches. That's exactly what I said. <laughs> That's exactly what I wrote down. She also... I'm so fucking wet for you right now. <laughs> she also wrote, Guy was a fucking pimp. <laughs> uh, Brian actually got this one right, too. Not sure she recognizes any other founders, but if she is forced to, Madison, most likely. So, yeah. Yep. See, that's the important question, Elisa. As long as he could answer that, you guys are good. Well, we'll see. Laura is only behind by one, scores 5 4 in Brian's favor. Uh, we have two more questions to go here. Favorite Led Zeppelin song? Zeppelin is her, her Elisa's favorite artist. Uh, Laura, um, what did you say? I said, and I quote, no idea, cashmere? <laughs> <laughs> um, Brian said, I'm not sure if she even knows the answer to this question. I want to say Stairway to Heaven or Rock and Roll to Troll Her, but I'm going to go with Ramble On. Uh, wow. Yeah, and that's not even, Elisa gave t her top five, and that was not in there. And neither was Kashmir. Uh, Damn. No. My top five were No Quarter, Boogie with Stew, Immigrant Song, Ten Years Gone, Over the Hills and Far Away. And it was really hard to get it down to those top five. But honestly, I, I, I don't know that. No, I don't think either one gets that point. Mm-mm. Mm -mm. All right. So uh, then it's still 5-4 in Brian's favor. The final question. <laughs> What is Elisa's favorite position? And I wrote no context. This is the question. Favorite position. That's it. You just answer the way you think it should be answered. Brian okay. said horizontal, 
no innuendos <laughs> here. She just really loves sleep. <laughs> Laura, what did you say? I said CEO. Just kidding. Doggy. <laughs> Elisa, what was your answer? <laughs> My answer was doggy. <laughs> so we have a tie game. And I think that's the best way to end it. <laughs> Damn. There's no animosity. You guys know her the same amount. (laughs) You're both winners. (laughs) That was really good. Yeah. Oh, man. I actually have a tear. That just, that went so beautifully. (laughs) It it worked out very well. I was neck and neck at the end there. I feel like I just got done watching like a really good like game of (laughs) baseball or something. I know. It was like the top of the or bottom of the ninth, and I'm just like watching people <laughs> run around the base. Like, Thank you, everybody, for playing. Happy night, everybody. <laughs> Pam, thank you for uh, doing the hand signals throughout the show. That was very helpful. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think you would have known any of those answers? No, I wouldn't have. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I guess I wouldn't have either, really. I don't know. It's like, yeah, yeah I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. I mean, like, I wouldn't probably know any of those. Pam doesn't. Just you two. You're the only two who would answer any of those questions correctly. That's I really amazing. think that's true. They're yeah. probably the only two people on Earth who would be able to answer any of those at all. It's so beautiful. It is. This week's episode is also brought to you by BioClarity. Whether you are looking for a clear skin regimen or just a healthy skincare routine, BioClarity has you covered. I've used it, Laura's used it, and we both love it for how damn effective it is at clearing up our skin. We've actually got a cool update concerning BioClarity, and I just mentioned it. They now offer two skincare routines. First up is the one we've been using. It's called the Clear Skin Routine. It's clinically proven to fight acne, soothe skin, reduce pore size, minimize redness, and even out skin tone. It's three simple steps. Cleanse, treat, restore. And the new one, which I think I could switch to now that my face is all cleared up, is the Essentials Routine. Again, it's a three-step process. Cleanse, restore, hydrate. It helps minimize redness, reduce pore size, and even out skin tone. BioClarity is delivered straight to you and is an easy-to-use three-step skincare routine that's 100% vegan plus gluten and cruelty-free. Start a healthy habit and get glowing clear skin. Just go to BioClarity.com. Our listeners will get their first month for only $9.95 plus free shipping. That's a $20 savings and it comes with a 100% risk-free money-back guarantee. But you need to enter our code MIL. That's BioClarity.com and enter our code MIL. Give it a try. I know you're going to love it. All right. Let's move on to some news now. So this is late breaking today. Uh, and I, I, I know there's, we've talked about this before, but I think it's worth an update. Bill Cosby was just found guilty on all three charges of felony aggravated sexual assault. He's going to be under house arrest until his sentencing takes place. And he's being fitted with a GPS tracker now. Uh, it's worth noting that the three counts that uh, he was found guilty of included felony penetration with lack of consent, felony penetration while unconscious, and felony penetration after after administering an intoxicant. Um, Each one of those is punishable by up to 10 years in prison, um, though he could serve those 10 years concurrently. But regardless, he could serve 
up to 30 years for this sentencing today. And it's worth noting that this is actually a retrial. Uh, His original trial for these charges, he was found not guilty. I'm sure we all remember that. And now it's only been about, what, a little over a year? Um, Mm -hmm. And suddenly now he's he's guilty on, on all three. I think this came as a surprise to everyone. You can tell by the reactions at the courthouse today from both sides that um, no one was really expecting that verdict. I think, uh, in my personal opinion, based off of of, of the evidence and uh, you know believing victims, it's a long time coming. I was really glad and relieved that it happened, but uh, you know it's a big deal. I think this is a big deal, not the least of which is because it's so difficult to get justice uh, for for crimes like this, for sexual assault. It's so difficult because it's so hard to prove and our justice system has not really developed any mechanisms for, for making a strong case for victims. So what's different about this case? Why was he found guilty this yeah. time? I mean, because I'm, I'm looking over some of the coverage and I know the first trial ended with a hung jury Yeah. after like six days of deliberations last summer, what changed between then and now? I mean, did we actually develop some kind of method of dealing with this in the justice system? I'm just curious to know, like, is it social change like the me too movement or were there some actual changes in like legal procedure I'm actually not sure that there was any new evidence that I have not heard anything about any new evidence being presented to my, I, I could be completely off base here, but my understanding is that the only thing that's, that's different uh, is the fact that before you had jurors who felt like there were things wrong with the case, like some things had been tampered with or that, um, the arguments being made like didn't apply in this case. And so that's why you had a this weird hung jury because they just couldn't make up their minds. This time, both both sides ended up making completely different arguments. So, like, I mean, of course, still one in defense and one in favor of prosecution, but they didn't they didn't pursue the same legal paths as before. That's all I know about why this is different. Mm -hmm. There was one other big difference, which was that additional women got to testify this time. Whereas in the first trial, there was just one woman. So um, I think five or six other women got to testify this time. And I'm just reading that the defense was trying to paint the uh, victim as a con artist. That was like their biggest. Right. Defense. So the defense, Right. Right. Exactly. That's true. And actually, now that you say that, I do recall that one of Mr. Cosby's lawyers, Kathleen Bliss, earlier today said that, quote, mob rule is not due process, which is her way of saying just because more women came forward doesn't mean that it's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's sort of why I was asking, because sort of addressing these kinds of cases in the realm of our justice system has proven to be really difficult because our justice system requires evidence in order to function correctly. Having said that, I do know that Cosby had previously on the record admitted to having intercourse with women after he had drugged them with quaaludes. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, to me that like that kind of admission is 
I mean, it's got to at least be admissible in court, right? And somebody can't give consent when they're drugged out. (laughs) So, yeah, I I mean, to me, I'm at least like, okay, I, I understand that there is that there is evidence in that way. And that's not to say that I don't believe anyone who speaks out. It's just that I don't want the justice that that the victims deserve to be lost to people like Mr. Cosby's lawyer who accused them of being a mob. And con because artists. they're right, exactly, because there's not sufficient evidence and then turning around and slut shaming them as a means of trying to discredit them. My understanding was that his Bill Cosby's admission that he had administered quaaludes um, was inadmissible because he had made that admission sort of under wraps as part of a plea deal. And so it was related to a completely different case. First of all, it was not related to, to the cases that were being tried here today. Uh, So that's number one. And number two, it was sort of, it was part of a plea deal, which is not necessarily like, you know, they give him sort of immunity to anything that you say during that process. So I don't know that that was admissible. However, that being said, just because it wasn't formally admissible doesn't mean that the jurors weren't aware of it. That was such a widely reported thing Mm -hmm. when that admission came out and was unsealed that it's very likely that the jurors in today's case knew about that admission and said, okay, the writing's on the wall here. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the only reason I bring that up is because, of course, I believe Bill Cosby did it. And I think that justice needs to be served. But I'm looking at this case and I'm seeing that it's so different from so many other cases where victims aren't getting justice. And it makes me wonder what is different and how can that be applied to cases in the future? So I'm just trying to like suss out like what legal precedents made this case different or was it uh, was it a difference that was rooted in social change? I definitely think and I don't that, have an answer to that question. I mean, but, I, I definitely think that social change has a big um, part to play in this specifically, uh, specifically just because within the past, well, you could probably say like even longer than that, but in the past, like maybe six months or so, it's been more acceptable to a believe women that are coming forward and accusing, you know, these big stars of doing atrocious things, but also just, um, the fact that everybody that's involved in the specific movement hasn't let it die down. And that's kind of like a big reason why I think we're still talking about a lot of this stuff today as to why, um, you know, the, this case might've been successful this time around, not like previously. Yeah. I just, I think that it's definitely like a social change and I think it, it it serves as a good next step because this is kind of like the first time we've actually seen somebody being tried for sexual assault allegations that have now proven to be true. Um, we mm-hmm. haven't seen anybody go this far down the legal path yet. Most people settle out of court because I think victims just get tired of, yeah. you know, having to go through that and relive that pain again and again and again. But it does kind of set the bar pretty high for anybody else that has been outed over the course of the last few months because of the Me Too movement, so. I agree with Pam, and I would also point out, like what Andrew said before, in this case, I think one of the things that did make it work is the fact that you had so many other women who weren't even necessarily related to the case being tried 
stepping forward and saying, this happened to me too. He did this to me too. And why I think that's important and why that probably was a game changer here is because traditionally in these sorts of cases, the defense's entire argument is to tear down the victim, is to discredit the victim. Their entire strategy is to to find ways to say, like Laura was saying, the victim was a slut somehow or that she had been asking for it or that she just, even if you don't say that, that she just isn't someone that can be trusted. I mean, defense attorneys will sometimes go as far as to find people from a victim's past and put them up on trial and say, tell me about a time that the victim has lied to you. And they'll do anything to discredit the victim and make them seem like a liar. That is a lot fucking harder to do when you have 10 other people Mm -hmm. right behind her saying the same thing. So I think that was a game changer here. And moving forward, I don't know that, I mean, those those other witnesses um, would probably still count as, as more hearsay evidence than actual legal concrete evidence, but uh, would probably still be enough to swing a jury. Yeah. Yep. And now men are being held accountable too, right? I mean, that's another big thing. This is sending a message that you can't get away with it. So no matter who you are. Right. So don't even think about it. On to some other news now. There was big news in the medical world. We now have completed the first successful male genital transplant. And it took place in Maryland. The procedure lasted 14 hours and involved nine plastic surgeons, two urological, urological surgeons, and a team of anesthesiologists nurses and surgical technicians, according to a press release from the hospital. Um, The transplant recipient was somebody who definitely deserves to get his dick back on. Um, He is a young U.S. serviceman who got the injuries in his lower lower pelvis, lower abdominal wall, and lower extremities while he was fighting over in Afghanistan. A uh, explosive device blew up in his crotch area, and he lost his dick. But now America gave him his dick back. This is how I think Trump can make America great again. <laughs> Give more guys their dick back, dicks back when they fight in war for this country. It's- Did they talk about who the donor of this penis was? <laughs> yeah, it was actually me. Oh, okay. and yeah, I just wanted to do something good for my country. No, I, I assume it was somebody who died and just, uh, you know, check, check the organ donor box. Wow. Right? Is I don't that know something that else. you can, like, are you an organ donor, Andrew? Is that something that they ask you about when you check that box? Or is this <laughs> just, like, something they're going to ask your mom and dad about? I'm, like, genuinely curious. Uh, that You know, that's a good question. I, I recently got a new license in Illinois, and I did check the organ donor box. They did not ask me if they had my permission to cut my dick off uh, if they ever needed. But if I'm dead, why not? I mean, I don't, I'm not going to complain i'm dead it doesn't matter (laughs) i feel like we had this discussion on the show like a couple of seasons ago and that certain things like penile donation um were actually left up to remaining family members Hmm. so like in this case your parents andrew would get to decide if your dick got passed on they got to live on that's so beautiful 
That's so <laughs> such a great question for my parents. <laughs> um, they did get it from a deceased donor, in case anybody needs to know for sure. I hope so. <laughs> Uh, during the procedure, three arteries, four veins, and two nerves were connected under microscopic guidance in order to provide adequate blood flow and sensation to the transplanted tissue. Hint, hint, wink, wink. What he's trying to say is, yeah, this guy can still get hard and come. So this is like a fully functioning penis. I'm happy for him. <laughs> Me too. And And I don't know if I said this, this is the world's first. So... Maybe we'll see more. Didn't, of these. They, didn't they do another one though, like overseas, or was that not functioning? Maybe it was non-functioning. This uh, one okay. seems to be like Game a grade, yeah, grade A transplant. This guy's probably banging his brains out. I wonder if he got to pick the penis. Like, yeah, give me a thick one, give me a long one. I think that in this case, beggars can't be choosers. So. Yeah, but well, but the, but 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 they're begging the deceased for the dick. Like I'm sure they could find the perfect dick, like that this dude wanted. Oh, I'm so curious now. Send a. I dick mean, pic. how can they know if it's perfect until it's attached to a living body? Well, functionality wise, yes, but don't you think a dead penis would still look attractive? <laughs> I mean, some guys are growers, some guys are showers. What if what if somebody never know. was sent a Snapchat of this dick and they were like, oh, my God, that's my husband's penis. This is the guy who got my husband's penis and he wants to bang me now. This is crazy. Anyway, let's move on to some other news. <laughs> let's get back to uh, some normal news. Elisa, do you want to talk about this Gmail story? Yeah, I saw this trending on Twitter recently and I was I was fascinated by this. Gmail is set to make their or release rather their first major makeover in years. There's going to be a lot of new features, some small things. Um they'll be able to collapse different whatever's it doesn't matter. The big thing is they're introducing a confidential mode. Um it's going to do a few different things. One, if you send an email in confidential mode, the person receiving it will not be able to forward that email, copy and paste from it, download or print. So it really puts it on lockdown. Also, you'll be able to set an expiration date on that email so that it will just self-destruct and delete itself from all being uh, on the date that you decide. It can be up to five years away. Um, and if at any point you decide, you know what, I really want to just destroy that email. Now I set it to self-destruct a year from now, but I just don't like it being out there. You can choose to go in and get rid of it at any point. So that's a pretty big deal. A lot of folks are saying that one of the reasons for this is, uh, the popularity of services and apps like Snapchat where, you know, you take the picture and then it disappears and it goes away and how popular that feature is. But similar to those apps, the one compelling flaw is that you can still take a screen grab. And so if all else fails, if someone really wants to keep the contents of your email, you'll still just be able to screen cap that email. Still, this is a pretty major step up for for Gmail and I think it's cool that you know Google is still trying to take our security seriously. I mean, that's neat. I just want to say I 
Gmail, they were they launched in what? I think 2007. It was on April Fool's Day, I remember. And it was like an invite only service at the very, very beginning. Gmail immediately became the best email client. They quickly became so popular. I think virtually everybody I know now uses Gmail. It's always been so nice. It was like a breath breath of fresh air having this new email service from Gmail from Google over 10 years ago. I just absolutely love it. I don't I don't use the Apple Mail app or anything like that. I just love using the web browser app. To me, Gmail, my email is a to-do list. I don't keep I don't mark something as read until I've dealt with it. So like Anything that's unread currently is stuff that I need to actually reply to and deal with. So I I love working with email that way. That said, email does feel like a kind of old ass system that we need to move on from. Like now, one of the big things in business is Slack, uh, which we actually just started using on Hypable, and it's really great. Um, but email, I do. You, what's does anybody have like any strong opinions against using email these days? Because it does feel old, doesn't it? I think in terms of personal communication, I'm not really using it as much. But for business communication, like for instance, stuff for the show, when we're organizing things, we do a lot of that in email because it's good to have a paper trail to refer back to, right? Kind of like you were saying about it being a checklist. Yeah. Um, And I also feel like newsletters are still pretty popular. Yeah. So I think it just depends on what you're using it for. But definitely like personal interactions over email, I feel like are not Mm -hmm. a priority anymore. They also have a nice new feature in I I turned on the new Gmail. Um, It's it's nice looking. There's some rounded edges, which kind of bother me. But um, another nice new feature is you can snooze mail. So like if I click an email right now and then I can hit snooze until tomorrow, this weekend, next week, someday, <laughs> or you could pick a specific day and time. I love that because I think that'll be a really handy way to get through your current unread email box without having to mark emails as read. So that actually might be a game changer for me. Like, oh, I'll deal with this tomorrow, with that tomorrow, with that tomorrow. And then it all disappears until tomorrow. I also love they on their app, which they rolled out to the new web design they have these auto replies at the bottom do you any of you use the gmail app Mm-mm. no okay. i never have so like first of all you get push notifications immediately which you don't through the mail app so that's a good reason to have it but if you scroll down to the bottom of an email and you hit reply it has a few suggested replies like okay sounds good no i can't be there yes i can be there it reads your email and intelligently creates responses that you may want to send back. And that's amazing when you don't feel like punching out a message. So um, little stuff like that. At the fucking undo button. That's been around for a while. Like, I love that in Gmail. How many times do we accidentally send an email? And we're like, oh, fuck. I need to undo send that and reward it a little bit. Now, God that's a game changer. Right? I, yeah, because now I don't have to read my emails, like professional emails, a million times before I send them off. It's like. That's the most anxiety I ever have is sending off a business email and yeah. wondering if I've misspelled somebody's name or <laughs> anything like that. Yeah. It does make us a little lazy, though, because we're like, oh, I could send it. And then in 10 seconds, I can undo it if I see something glaringly wrong. Our final sponsor this week is ZipRecruiter. 
Are you hiring? Every business needs great people and a better way to find them. Something better than posting your job online and just praying for the right people to see it. You never know who's going to see it. And you never know when it's going to be found. It just sits there and doesn't get in front of the right eyes. Enter ZipRecruiter. They learn what you're looking for, identify the right people with the right experience, and then invites them to apply to your job. It's super easy, super streamlined. In fact, 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just a single day, which is phenomenal. The right candidates are out there, and ZipRecruiter is how you find them. Right now, our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash millennial. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash millennial. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. I just wanted to dive into some international news that is pretty close to my heart because this is somewhere that I've spent quite a bit of time. Um, So protests broke out in Managua, which is Nicaragua's capital, last week after the government approved a resolution that would have increased workers' contributions to the Nicaraguan Institute of Social Security, while also decreasing Social Security payouts by 5%. The protests, which reportedly began peacefully, mainly consisted of pensioners, students, and university professors who were like, I think fucking not. Um, But things soon turned violent when people wearing helmets and yielding metal poles took to the streets and began beating the protesters. So far, 25 people, many of whom were students, have died in the violence, and countless others were jailed by the police. Following the continuing protests, President Ortega scrapped the changes to the country's social security program, but tensions are still running high. Ortega accused right-wing groups of posing as protesters and stoking dissent to discredit his left-wing government. Does that sound familiar to Mm. anyone? Mm. A little bit. Yeah, Trump does the same thing. Um, But it doesn't stop there. Ortega's grip on the country has been steadily slipping away over the last 10 years or so amid his growing unpopularity. The executive branch of government in Nicaragua controls almost everything, including the news media. And young Nicaraguans have effectively begun their own Arab Spring. What's interesting about this is that many of the demonstrators are self-proclaimed members of Ortega's party and lived through his revolution of the 70s and 80s, but now they're saying that Ortega's dime is done. The other interesting thing is Ortega bowing to the will of the people in this case. It's particularly meaningful because he actually reinterpreted Nicaragua's constitution and scrapped presidential term limits in order to stay in power. As a matter of fact, even when he lost an election in the mid-90s, he effectively maintained control because the Sandinistas had control of everything. So they were basically doing his bidding for him while he was out of office. Um, So this is just something to keep an eye on. It's scary. I have seen so many of my friends who still have family in Costa Rica posting pictures of the violence. People's stores are being destroyed. Cars are being set on fire. It's it looks very much like the Arab Spring. And my hope is that they can actually oust Ortega as peacefully as possible. He's not a peaceful dude, though. So mm. I have my doubts. Yeah. Well, we're uh, holding out hope for your friends and family down there. Thank you. No family, just friends. Friends, friends who are like family. Though. Friends and family of the friends. That's what I meant. There we go. <laughs> All right, 
let's move on to surprise bitch now. Let's try to call one of our listeners. Hello. Hi, Tara Lee. Yes. Hey, surprise bitch. It's millennial. Hi. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. You up in Canada? Yes, I'm half hour outside of Toronto. Ah, how do you like it mm-hmm. up there in Canada? I'm comfortably safe from Trump. <laughs> it's nice. It's nice. <laughs> are you uh, Are you planning yeah. on seeing Avengers: Infinity War? Um, I will likely see it with my nephews. Aww. Um, but they're they're actually going on the Disney cruise, and they're hoping to get it played when they're on the Disney cruise. So why aren't they going on a punk yeah. rock cruise? They're younger. <laughs> oh. Well, one day they can go with Laura on a punk rock cruise. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us something fun about uh, Oshawa, Ontario. O- Oshawa, Ontario. Well, um, Billy Madison was filmed here. Oh. Do they film a um, lot the of movies pool there? Scene. Uh, a couple. Yeah, X-Men uh, was filmed here. Um. Yeah, quite a few films, but at least I know of Billy Madison and X-Men. Oh, It, the recent uh, It was filmed here. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Cool. So, like, the like the house, the haunted house, mm-hmm. was actually up in Oshawa, so you could go and take pictures of it for a couple days. Yeah. 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 That was cool. Um, not much. We're kind of known for having a car plant, kind of like Detroit. So... A lot of people don't like our city because it's industrial. Yeah. How, yeah. How, how are you feeling after that crash over in Toronto earlier this week? It was it was really sad. Um, that doesn't normally happen here. Yeah. So I think it it hit home, and a lot of people were surprised that that happened. Um, I think people were really happy with the police officer not shooting. Mm. That was nice. Mm, yeah that must yeah. be nice because that's good the suspect <laughs> yeah, was begging like, them to shoot him right yeah and they say that that um like how the police officer was able to make their arrest that they're going to use that to teach other police officers because they said it was like textbook perfect yeah mm. i wonder if he could come and teach our uh some police officers here yeah <laughs> right yeah what um what did Justin Trudeau have to say about it? I I assume he's not being as unprofessional as our president would. Like our president would probably be banning all trucks this week and blaming blaming um, mass religions. I think, I, yeah, it's not a religious thing. Apparently it's more of a misogyny thing. I think Justin Trudeau didn't really like say too much. I think he just said thoughts and prayers are with Toronto. Yeah, I think political leaders didn't politicize it. So that was nice. Hmm. Mike, I know related to this, I've always been curious, what is the general sentiment about Justin Trudeau up there? I mean, down here, he's sort of seen as this paragon of, you know, class. And also he's hot. Um, But also just he's very... He is. He's very classy, and um, that's something that we're missing a lot these days. Do, do Canadians feel the same way? His father is, like, known for being amazing. If you are a liberal 
uh, person. So his father was prime minister for three terms, and he brought the Constitution back because we were under the British North America Act. He brought it back to um, the Charter of Rights and Freedoms from Can- for Canada in like 1982. So people like consider him to be amazing when you learn Canadian history. From 1970 onward, it's Justin Trudeau, or sorry, Pierre Trudeau. Hmm. Um, so people assume that he's a lot like his father, Bob's, and we want like a good economy. And I feel like a lot of Canadians don't feel like he has um, done a lot for that. Like he hasn't done a lot for Canadians. He's done a lot for our foreign policy, but he hasn't uh-huh. done much for um, the Canadian budget and the Canadian economy. Um, at least okay. that's what I've seen from him. Um, but yeah, he's very classy. He's not Donald Trump, certainly, but we have, like, provincially, we have our Donald Trump, as yeah. in, like, the Ford brothers. So oh, it's right. not, it's not completely gone away. Um, yeah, Rob what? Ford's brother is running for premier in Ontario. One of our listeners who's listening live on Patreon right now, she says, Chelsea, she says, Trudeau has done nothing he promised he would since he got elected here in Alberta. We hate him. So kind of echoing what <laughs> they you would were say saying. say that in Alberta. <laughs> I guess, I, I, oh, <laughs> a little Alberta just, burn. <laughs> I don't well, know. Alberta's known as like the Texas of the North. <laughs> oh. Still sounds like a bird. Say say no more. I get it. I mean, Texas is great, but I also I get it. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, my, and not not to belabor the point. I'm just really curious because I never, I just, I don't know. But how? What are some of the things that he? I mean, I know this is not you who said this, but I'm just curious. What are some things that he's promised that he hasn't kept his word on? Like, I, you know, did he run on something in particular um, that he's well, not really seen through? I know with um, electoral reform, a lot of people for the um, for that. So I think that kind of shot people down a lot because they were really hoping to get electoral reform. But I can't I can't really go into detail on that because I don't know too much about it. Um, That's fine. That that answers my question, though. Yeah, and there's like a few other things I know, like. I know Canadians are just really, they want like a strong economy. Our dollar's not the best. So I think people expect Justin Trudeau to do everything for us. And he really hasn't done a lot. But he has done a lot for refugees and making Canada look better. Because we had 10 years of a conservative prime minister. And our foreign policy wasn't the best. And then we get Justin Trudeau. And he's great with other countries, but I don't think he really connects with Canadians. Hmm. I see. That's 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 fascinating. That's Isn't fascinating. It? I guess. Uh, yeah, because he, he might be voted out in the years ahead, and then Americans are going to be like, "Oh, but he was so hot," and then we're going to be like, "Well, you know, he actually kind of sucked." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's always interesting to see what world leaders look like years down the road like the bushes for example we always thought they were super conservative super right wing and now 
it's like, well, they're so cute and old. So (laughs) (laughs) that's so true. And not nearly as stupid (laughs) as Donald. I mean, yeah, I love George Bush compared to Donald. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you very much. Well, I just wanted to say thank you so much. I've been a listener since the early days of MuggleCast when I was like 14. And I love all of you so much. Well, thank you, um, Tara. That's very a sweet. big part of my life, and I'm really happy that I, I got to talk to you today. Oh, well, yeah, thank Aww. you. Well, we love you too. Yeah, thank you for the support. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, have a good night. Thanks. You too. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Oh my gosh, <laughs> she was sweet. Can we? That's can really we, like, sweet. <laughs> I want to talk to her all night. Yeah. Can she, cool. she be our official Canadian correspondent? <laughs> Sean, who's listening live, says, cool, now I know to never go to this place and risk having to see the It House. (laughs) (laughs) True. Well, that's what we have for everybody this week on Millennial. Elisa, we're going to miss you. We're going to say see you later. That's right. Any parting words for now? See you later. Okay. I I don't even want to... I'm, I've been trying not to think about it because I'm really I'm I'm well I'm a little torn up about this. Yeah, but yeah, in in seriousness, I would just say I I I do expect at some point to come back. I do want I do have every expectation that I will. I've never been able to stay away from podcasting for very long. Mm-hmm. I really love it so much, and I love our community so much. So I'm sure you'll be hearing something from me um, again. Yeah. But in the meantime, I'm I'm also sure that a lot of crazy shit is going to go down and it's going to kill me inside uh, not to, <laughs> be able to like, talk with everyone about that. Yeah. But um, all I would say is I think the greatest risk to the country right now is fatigue and that that's how that's how fascism and that's how tyrants rise to power is traditionally not because there's so much malevolence, but because there's just so much fatigue and people can't keep up with it. It's a lot to be keeping up with. Uh, It's exhausting. And eventually you tune out for your own mental health. And I think if you need to do that in small doses, you know, turn off your TV for the whole weekend once in a while, you should absolutely do that. Put yourself first in small doses. But big picture, tune back in. You know, I can't, I can't stop thinking about that, that Plato quote, that the price you pay for not engaging in politics is being ruled by inferior men. Don't allow yourself to be ruled by your inferiors. Be engaged, no matter how exhausting it gets. Um, don't tune out, at least not for long. And we hope you don't tune out for long, Elisa, not too long. We'll miss you, but we will see you later. See you later. Pam, we look forward to hearing more of you. And uh, thanks for joining us again. We really appreciate it. Of course. It's going to be a good time. Yeah. Uh, give everybody our contact info, millennialshow at gmail.com, twitter.com slash millennial, facebook.com slash millennial show, facebook.com slash millennial or millennial show. I think that's millennial right. Millennial show, yeah. Uh, and we would love your support over on Patreon. We've got a few new landies up that Laura and I recently did this week. Uh, I posted a picture from Donut Fest. I went to Donut Fest, and since the donut thing is such a running joke on the show here, 
uh, I shared a photo from this festival in Chicago. Oh my god, I got so stuffed eating like fifteen different donuts and beer. <laughs> It was a wreck. So we have lots of benefits over at patreon.com slash millennial. We really appreciate your support, including a After Dark today. We've got a fun one lined up, it looks like. So it looks like we're doing a devil's advocate in regards to genital transplants. Oh, boy. We're also going to be answering some questions from our feed, and we'll be wrapping it up by playing a new game called Kellyanne Kanye or Trumpster Fire. (laughs) I love it. Well, we spoiled the outro song, uh, but this one goes out to you, Elisa. Thanks again, everybody, for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Melissa. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. Goodbye. Everybody. Love you, bitch. Goodbye to the people who hated on me. Goodbye to the people who loved me. Goodbye to the people who trusted me. Goodbye, goodbye to everybody. Now I need some changes in my life. Now I need to move on in life. Now it's time to say goodbye. Goodbye, goodbye to everybody. Goodbye to the people.